This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call, did write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of old man yelling at cloud to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is the appeal to accomplishment also known as the credentials fallacy. Yeah, so the appeal to accomplishment is basically when someone's accomplishments are used as a reason to believe what they're saying, when it isn't necessarily right. relevant to actually what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of an offshoot of an argument from authority, um, but you're kind of presenting the person's authority in, in terms of what they can do or have done. Yeah. And obviously... I could have picked a million examples of Trump listing <laughs> well, exactly. listing his yeah. own accomplishments, the, but that would have been too yeah. easy. <laughs> He's the best at everything ever <laughs> since the dawn of time. Um, yeah, and yeah. to be honest, he doesn't he doesn't often use it to uh, kind of explain why you should believe him as such. Again, right. usually because he just yeah. assumes yeah. people should believe him. Yeah. But I mean, even when he said, "I I know words, I have the best words," he was saying yeah. it to say, you know. I know words, and there is no better word for Democrats than stupid. And, you know, if anyone would know that, I right. would know it because of the words I know. No, so it's, yeah. <laughs> And they're it's, all good words. Yeah, so yeah. so even that is not quite really an example of this. But I know this stuff, therefore you should believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So here's an example of uh, him talking to Maria Bartiromo on Fox News uh, in August of 2020 about what a successful friend of his said about him. They spent $48 million plus... You don't even know what they spent. Looked at everything. They looked at my taxes, I'm sure. They looked at everything. With all of that, no collusion. I have a friend who's a very sophisticated man, one of the most successful people. You know him very well. He said, you have to be the most honest person in the world to escape the greatest witch hunt ever perpetrated in the history of our country, to go over every document, every phone call, everything you've ever done, and they say no collusion. So, his his very yeah. sophisticated, very successful friend. You you <laughs> you know him. Friend. Won't say his name because you know him. Yeah. Well, I'm just ra- <laughs> running through the list of friends that Trump had, but none of them. <laughs> none of them are successful. Are very sophisticated. No. So, no, no, none of them are sophisticated. And, definitely. And actually, the you know the greatest witch hunt in the history of America, but doesn't that also include the Salem witch hunt? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. also McCarthy. Yeah. 
I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is yes, quite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, needless to say, there were lots of things wrong with what Trump said. It didn't cost forty-eight million, um, and they yeah. they didn't not find any collusion and yeah. all kinds of other stuff. But yeah, the point is, he was saying how sophisticated and successful his friend was um, yeah. in an attempt to to add weight to his assertion that Donald Trump is the most honest man in the world. Yeah, <laughs> which I uh, know we know that. For sure, that person doesn't exist. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. In the same way as, you know, anyone that calls him sir, (laughs) we know that he's made that up. Yeah. 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 Um, (laughs) But, yeah, so the success or otherwise of his his imaginary friend is is no basis (laughs) on which to believe what he says about Donald's honesty. Yeah. And he's been doing this for a while, kind of relying on this kind of uh, fallacy, because there's a tweet from July 18th, 2013, which obviously I had to find on Trump Twitter archive because, you know, Twitter uh, has deleted all his tweets. He said, isn't it crazy that people of little or no talent or success can be so critical of those whose accomplishments are great with no retribution? So... This is another aspect of the um, appeal to accomplishment fallacy, as opposed to only saying that if someone is successful, then you should trust what they say about this unrelated thing. It's also saying people who are less successful don't get to be critical. <laughs> they don't right, get to have an right. opinion, essentially, yeah, yeah. because they yeah. they haven't done things. They haven't accomplished great things. They don't have, you know, natural yeah. talent. And, and I mean... As we often talk about, this is context dependent, mm-hmm. where people's accomplishments, success or talent is relevant, then that's less fallacious. It's more yeah. relevant. It's more likely. That is something it, to rely on. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it isn't necessarily something to rely on um, completely because yeah. even experts in a particular field can be wrong and, and even someone who has done lots of great things and, and knows a lot about a, a subject can't necessarily be just blindly trusted on whatever they say even on that subject but yes it certainly increases the possibility and probability that they are making sense and if if someone who doesn't know anything say uh, some you know a trump or someone like that um (laughs) yeah is is talking about climate change with climate change scientists and says oh I, it'll get cooler just you know you just watch it's it's right reasonable to say that that person of little or no talent or success in that field shouldn't be critical of the experts yeah <laughs> yeah but it's a bit like that meme well it's a cartoon um where somebody's at the at the laptop and he's calling he's going honey look i found something on the internet that, uh, that thousands of scientists across <laughs> many countries have overlooked. It's the opposite of, well, unless you have done what I've done, you can't talk about it. You know, it's it's almost yeah, Trump saying, I, I can say stuff, then it's just as valid as... <laughs> What you as, as the doctors as say. the experts, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as the experts, you know, maybe you know some kind of cleansing that <laughs> we can, you know, just shine like a light or some kind of bleach and just put it in, and you know, the experts are just sitting there shifting uncomfortably, <laughs> going, "Oh my god, 
Yeah, but yes, so despite the fact that people of little or no talent can be so critical of those whose couple of which are great with no retribution, well, yeah, it is crazy. <laughs> and that that was entirely crazy throughout his entire term in office until he got voted out, at which point people were so hurriedly, hurriedly saying, yeah, he, he had no talent whatsoever <laughs> and he shouldn't have got away with any of that. And it's appalling that nobody held him to task, well, yeah, including you who who didn't hold it to task in the whole four years yeah so that's yes quite yeah but so, so what was that so in very, context of uh i actually couldn't or? find that out again unfortunately because of because it's not on twitter anymore yeah. um you can't kind of click on this is see see other tweets around the same time or anything like that yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so it's difficult to say what he was talking about but you know he was yelling at the cloud <laughs> yeah, yeah. <as> usual. <laughs> so yeah quite and now is the time, I think, for Mark's British politics corner. So I'm going to start with a couple of uh, tweets. So Anna Subri, who is a, uh, a Labour MP, uh, tweeted in December last year about a picture of Boris who was talking about the trials and tribulations of people suffering loss because of the COVID pandemic that he's mismanaging. Um, Show some respect to the British people and resolve, at the very least, to brush your bloody hair. Or, you know, a sentiment most people could identify with. Lots of replies apply this fallacy. The, the Dobster, for instance, responded, our PM must be doing something right if you have to dig him, dig him out about his hair. And another one that says, we don't care about his hair. We care about what he has done for our nation. And he's done a lot more than you have really so that's you know these are very johnson-esque appeals to accomplishment or lack of responses and and ironically they're not dissimilar actually to to david cameron's previous tory leader dig at jeremy corbyn to do your collar up and put a proper tie on so that's you know there was all that kind of stuff you can't let until you wear the same kind of proper grown-up politician's tie and jacket you can't lecture me about how i'm doing politics fundamentally is yeah. what is being said there um, that's a very low bar for accomplishment isn't it yeah well you're <laughs> quite and nobody has kind of pointed that out at the time and so you know really is that what you're going to do but and similarly you know just brush your hair yeah i mean if actually he did brush his hair that would be an accomplishment and one that people would go Bloody hell, that's he's really accomplished something. <laughs> that's yeah. yeah. I think basically his his hair is thinning and his scalp is quite pink against his um, blonde hair. So in a very Trumpian way, he shoves it around in order to put some more air between the ends of his hair and the baldness of his pate. For some reason, it makes me think about a manager that I had once, many right. many years ago, possibly at a place where we both worked together. Couldn't right. couldn't say, who did not accomplish very much. <laughs> and and we saw her kind of to-do list that she'd written out for herself one day. Yeah. And and it included things like get a glass of water and stuff like that. Like no. yeah, which I'm which she, she was writing down. I'm absolutely sure so that she could tick it off and feel like she'd done something. Done something. Oh my god. Because <laughs> she did so little. There was a guy. There was a guy who. Um, was, this was the first time I encountered what became known as, you know, people with a low blink rate who had on a post-it below his monitor, blink. 
Uh-huh. Whoa. So is, is he doing that because he doesn't want to give the impression that he's a serial killer <laughs> or a sociopath? Or, or is it because he was a sociopath? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, he was, or his, you know, his ophthalmologist had told him, actually, the screen's drying your eyes out and you're wearing contacts. You need to blink a bit more often. <laughs> but to be reminded of that? Anyway. Mm. Anyway, so it's difficult to find examples of U- UK politicians actually bigging up themselves you know, like Trump will put, you know, I, I know the biggest words, the best words in, in the history of mankind. Boris doesn't do that. He says he knows, he doesn't say he knows Latin. He just pretends to use it. Similarly, Starmer doesn't say he's a highly trained barrister. He just uses those techniques in the House of Commons. And I I think Boris's entire modus operandi relies at heart on this fallacy he will trot out numbers and claim success for anything left right and center chosen my words carefully in order to prove that he's doing a good job slash provide a smokescreen to hide the fact that he's not doing a good job and point out the failings of the opposition to achieve the successes that he has spoiler hasn't Boris, every chance he gets make sure that everyone knows how badly Keir Starmer would be doing this job uh, how he, Boris, thus appears much more accomplished. Of course, we all know the exact opposite is true. Boris has never really accomplished anything of substance. He just believes everyone should think he has. And his tactic relies on other people creating for themselves the impression that he's competent and popular. And that's why he uses verbal headlines and sloganeering and the entire vacuous boosterism rhetoric. Plus, well, from those tweets, you can see it seems to be paying off. Um, well, and perhaps he's doing a good job by his own measure of accomplishment. If I'm popular, then I'm doing a good job. And recent MPs have kind of let the cat out of the bag and said that's what happens. So when he's unpopular, he U-turns to follow the way the crowd is going, runs to the front, shouts, follow me. And you know, I also put CF. I may not know what I'm talking about, but I sure sound like it. So what I thought I'd do is look at it. But the parliament has just broken up for the end of term for the summer they've gone away for their summer recess some would say this is cynically timed so that you know they can release us into freedom um lift all the lockdown uh, restrictions and then fuck off on holiday um so this is from uh, prime minister's questions from this time last year and this year and given that the uk's still got the highest infection rate let's see what accomplishments boris is relying on to distract assure slash gaslight us of his efficacy and if he see if he does the old if he were in charge none of this would have been achieved so this is a, a promises question in july 2020 pre the vaccination rollout and so we're looking at the 37 billion pound test and trace system it did neither of those nor represent good value of money and star was asking about a report from the government's own science group into the efficacy of the track and trace system and the urgent improvements it needs to be put in place to ensure the tracking and the tracing actually work what assurance can the prime minister give that the system will be fit for both purposes in the time frame envisaged in this report i.e. by this September. Mr Speaker, once again he attacks the test and trace operation which is working at absolutely unprecedented uh, scale and 144,000 people across the country 144,000 people across the country have now agreed to uh, self-isolate to stop the spread of the virus and I, I can certainly give the House the assurance that our test and trace system is as good as or better than any other system 
from anywhere in the world. And what I think he should do, instead of knocking the confidence of the country in the test and trace system, he, it's not, now is the time for him to return to his previous script and build it up. A couple of things in there which aren't related to this fallacy necessarily. Um, he says unprecedented, <laughs> but in a way that's kind of, you know, it's a, it, this is a great accomplishment because what we've done is unprecedented. Yeah, never before well, yeah. in a global pandemic have we, have we had utilized the technology of smartphones to <laughs> no, to, to do that. And so we've and the fact that we've never been called along called upon to do that and that we've done it is something is an accomplishment. It, well, yeah, okay. And then also he kind of says, what was the other one? I said, oh yeah, it's a, it's as good ad or better than any other system any, anywhere in the world. And I think at the time there were only three dodgy systems in the world, so that's not much of a compliment. But he also, um, forget about all of that, what he then draws our attention to is the fact that Starmer should be building up this this t test and trace system, you know, is rather than knocking the confidence. It's that kind of, it's that reverse, how dare you, go and knock the confidence of the country by questioning the efficacy of this system. You know, yeah. So I'm very it's essentially stop telling everyone this isn't very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like I don't. You know, I think it's all fantastic. Vote for me. You know, that's the ongoing thing. So Starmer, not unreasonably, if a little bit testily, replies... It is perfectly possible to support track and trace and point out the problems. Yeah, yeah, and standing yeah. up every week saying it's a stunning success... Is kidding no one. That isn't giving people confidence in the system. They would want the Prime Minister who stands up and says, there are problems, and this is what I'm going to do about them. Not this rhetoric about stunning success when it's obviously not true. See, this is back when I thought Starmer was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. Uh, I yeah. think that's a good answer. He actually gets angry. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's completely reasonable. It absolutely lays out yep. what was wrong with Boris's argument. It says what he should yep. be doing. And, and yeah, yeah, it had a bit of attitude behind it. And then... Exactly, yeah, he got what a little bit angry, to? which is quite oh, nice. Oh. Yeah, I know, I know, quite, yeah. And he kind of, and in the same way, actually, he's doing the appeal to accomplishment. He's kind of saying, if you were a proper prime minister, he said, you know, you can't pretend to be the prime minister. A real prime minister would be doing this kind of thing. So there's a little little bit in there, you know, that kind of credentials. Um, so you, you are flaunting your credentials as a prime minister, and yet... You know you, you, what you're not doing is saying, "Yeah, sorry, let's fix it," rather than just blethering on about how marvelous it is and how wrong I am not to say how marvelous <laughs> it is. So, uh, okay. So the, the second example uh, last week uh, in PMQs. So this is the first one since so-called Freedom Day, and Boris is coming in via Zoom because he has been pinged by the app because he's been in close contact with Sajid Javid, who's got COVID. And, uh, and but this time, Boris draws on the vaccine accomplishment and reminds us again that only he is fit for office and not Starmer. We have rolled out uh, vaccines faster than any other country in Europe. 96%, uh, Mr Speaker, of people over 50 now have had a vaccine. 68% of people have had two jabs, Mr Speaker. And never forget, Mr Speaker, that if we'd followed the advice of the right honourable gentleman, we would have stayed in the European Medicines Agency and we would never have had the vaccine roll out at all. So, well, need I add that the last bit isn't true? In February 2021, when he last kind of did this, UK Channel 4's fact check 
reported that an EU provision passed into UK law in 2012 meant that the government had legal powers to act alone in temporary, temporarily authorising the use of new vaccine without having to wait for the European Medicines Agency to sign it off. And so this is a kind of a... You know, look, look at the accomplishments. Hi, I'm associating myself with this, with actually an organisation that makes vaccines for a living and tiring myself with that shiny brush. You know, never mind all this other shit that's happening, including my, my own government being absolutely shockingly corrupt and negligent and not giving a toss about any of you. Let's look at what the vaccines have accomplished for me, uh, us, <laughs> and how little we would have accomplished if we had had Starmer in charge. And I think that it, it, this kind of gives the lie to the big issue that lies at the heart of Parliament. And I mean lies in every sense of the word. The convention has it that you're not allowed to call another member of Parliament a liar. And if someone does state an economical with the truth thing, they're supposed to return to the House and adjust the record to re reflect the actual truth in the written record. Boris never does that. Labour MP Dawn Butler on Friday called Boris a liar several times and was ejected from the House of Commons. You can get thrown out for calling out the lie because that's within the directly enforceable purview of the Speaker, but not for actually lying, because one is supposed to offer one's resignation, which is at the discretion of the Prime Minister to accept. And so the, Boris's construction of his arguments, even his appeals to accomplishment, actually appear to stand up to close semantic examination when written down. He is the master of plausible deniability. Basically, he's a very good liar. So if when you read his things, he's very careful to use, to avoid directly saying that, yes, this, this the vaccination rollout is saving lives, particularly when Sajid, who's had two jabs, still got COVID and was quite ill. Um, he's a... He, He's desperate to control the narrative and cast everyone's ears and eyes elsewhere to others to others' lack of accomplishment and away from actually him. And he knows he can get away with it because of the way that the British Parliament works. So I think that the it is at the very heart of his what he does, how he uh, rules, is that everything's constantly about pointing out the other guy's failing. And, you know, kind of saying, well, if we'd have stuck with you or you're changing your mind or you're not supporting us, because actually, if Starmer did get angry all the time and say, you know, it's all very well you doing that, he would be completely stymied because it would reveal that he has no credentials and he has, which he hasn't, and he, and he has accomplished nothing, which he hasn't. So there's a there's a. It's not. It's the it's the opposite use of it, isn't it? It's pointing out the other person's lack of credentials to point out your failings. <laughs> you know, so that's what he's doing. He's he's saying to Starmer, "You aren't qualified to call out my failings because." And then he does various ad hominem things. So it's in in a way that's kind of bound up with the appeal to numbers and the appeal to authority and an ad hominem attack all in there. Gotta hate him. <laughs>
when our friends become successful And if they're northern, that makes it even worse And if we can destroy them You bet your life we will destroy them And if we can hurt them, well, as well It's just a fallacy Far, 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 far it's just a wild fallacy. A wild fallacy. Uh, Morrissey there with uh, We Hate It When Our Friends Become Successful. <laughs> so, in the fallacy in the world, we like to talk about the fallacy of the week from a non political perspective. And this week, our first example comes from Beauty and the Beast. This is from the 1991 animated version. Although this yeah. song appears in the, the live action in the, in the 2017 October, version. No. <laughs> no, okay. Although it was a little bit more difficult to, uh, to identify the lyrics, so I thought I'd use the animated mm-hmm. one. And this is from when Gaston is depressed because basically Belle won't sleep with him or marry him. And LeFou tries to make him feel better and explain why he deserves to be with whichever woman he wants to be with, basically. No one's slick as Gaston, no one's quick as Gaston, no one's next as incredibly thick as Gaston, for there's no man in town half as manly. Perfect, a pure paragon. You can ask any Tom, Dick, or Stanley, and they'll tell you whose team they prefer to be on. So this whole song is about how great Gaston is, and how many things, how much he's done, and how he's great at fighting, and all of that kind of stuff. No one's neck is as thick <laughs> yeah. as Gaston's. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's and it's absolutely it's it's supposed to say because because you are so accomplished, you're such a great guy. This you know it should you should just get whatever you want. You should get yeah. everything, and and everyone well, yeah. should listen to you. Um, and everyone does listen to him in the town. Basically, they are he is kind of the, everyone's favorite person except Bells because she's you know the one intelligent person in town. Basically. Yeah, I can see <laughs> really can see him for what he is. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. It's got it's uh, this is kind of the entitlement fallacy. Isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That, you know. I'm just entitled to that. You know, it's, it's, you know, far be it from me to say, to, to use the reductio ad Johnsonium, but yeah, that's kind of Boris's thing. Mm-hmm. I, I deserve this because I'm the, you know, the blondest, the scruffiest. Yeah, there is, a, there is another fallacy called the just world fallacy, which, which right. kind of feeds into that entitlement thing a bit more that we will probably discuss yeah. in another time. Oh, jolly good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, essentially it's, yeah, I've I've done this stuff, so so you should listen to me, you should trust what I say, and I should get whatever yeah. I want. You should just fall at my feet. Yeah. yeah. Which, which, yeah, which is another Morris's song, <laughs> isn't it? You know, please, please, please let me get what I want this time. Yeah. So our second example comes from The Bourne Legacy. Uh, this is This is the one without Matt Damon. <laughs> the um, it's terrible. Is it Jeremy oh, yeah, Renner? Except for what's his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's quite good in it. All right. You know, but it, it ought not to be called a Bourne film. Yeah, it's a kind of. I mean, it's a bit dodgy, yeah. but it should have been called Bourne Three. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Um, so this is a scene with Rachel Weiss, who's playing a um, a scientist who works in the kind of lab where they created the the stuff they give to Bourne to make him forget things and be an awesome soldier. Yeah. And um, right. and she's just witnessed a, a, her one of her colleagues die, and she's being visited by a couple of agents. Have you ever read your employment security contract? Have I 
If you're asking me whether I understand my disclosure restrictions, yes, I have a PhD in biochemistry with postdoctoral fellowships in virology and genetics. I know how to read. So, yeah, she is listing her credentials literally in this scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. As, in, in response to someone asking if she has read a specific document. Yeah. Is she aware of what her her kind of essentially non-disclosure agreement requirements are that she isn't allowed to talk to anyone about the work she does and and yeah. so in response she says i you know i i've got phds and in these things it's yeah, completely yeah, irrelevant yeah. To, to whether yeah, she's exactly. read this particular so, document yeah and she doesn't answer the question <laughs> no. it's a it's a proper prime minister's questions answered you know when in fact in that same pmqs that, that we talked about the last year starmer says have you read the report and he and he kind of goes off almost on a you know I am quality except he isn't so he can't <laughs> you know I I am aware of the report obviously he hasn't read the <laughs> report so and she Rachel Weisz kind of goes all around the all around the houses in order to beat the other person into submission to say all right all right sorry I, I didn't mean to insult you so thus avoiding the fact that probably <laughs> she hasn't read that bit and isn't aware of that and. You know, so it's a little bit, little bit nervous about the fact that, you know, they've come to silence her and talk about, <laughs> to yeah. talk about that to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our final example this week uh, comes from Smallville. Uh, this is a season seven episode. Now, important to note in before you hear this is that um, in Smallville, for the most part, until like spoiler near the end, Clark <laughs> can't fly. He hasn't. He he is developing his powers over the course of the, I think it's ten seasons, and 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 flight is it was famously in a way when it was on not like not one of the ones they planned to use for for that show. Oh right. Oh wow. Really? Yeah. Despite yeah. the fact that you can you you'll believe a man can fly. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't the tagline for that series. So no. <laughs> You'll you'll, you'll wonder if they'll ever get round to, to a man. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll wonder if a man will ever fly. Yeah, um, but yeah. in this uh, episode, in this in beginning of season seven, he meets his cousin Kara, who is also from Krypton. She she can fly, and he is, but she doesn't. She's kind of new. She doesn't know how to deal with any of her powers yet, and he's trying to help her to fit in and also to kind of get that, get hang of her powers. This is really necessary. It's all about control, which you don't have. Me. Get back to me when you can fly, Earth Boy. So, yeah, she says, get back to me when you can fly, Earth Boy, because she is saying she has a thing. She can do a thing he can't do. So he doesn't get, you know, what's... lecturer. Yeah, what is his writing telling her how to use her powers when he can't even do a thing she can do? Yeah. Well, actually, you know, she kind of um, uh, sabotages her own (laughs) um, appeal to, to... accomplishment by saying earth boy yeah. But, yeah there's the thing and he could just turn around yeah you see see i've been how long have i been on earth how long have you been here yeah that's the qualification i've got the earth bit not the flying bit you know the flying bit's not important yeah it's the earth bit that's important yeah you just got to blend in yeah uh, yeah that's exactly there was another one that i came that i that, I, that sprung to mind is the diy guy in uh parks and recreation ron swanson um, come on yeah there's just this short clip, and I couldn't find it anywhere, but I I've, I've saw it uh, a couple of weeks ago, where he's walking through a DIY store, and I've had the same experience. He's walking through a DIY store with a, you know, a cart full of loads of stuff, and the guy comes up to him, the, the, the store assistant comes up and says, so uh, 
have you been successful in getting everything that you need today? And then Ron just goes, I know more than you. <laughs> and that's it. And walks on. Uh-huh. And you kind of go, yep. yeah, there you go. That's it. Yep. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody. As well as anybody. Yes, it's time for fake news, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. You can see, if only you knew as much as I do about performing consistently under <laughs> average, then you'd understand that we need to bend the rules to my advantage from now on. Fair enough. Yeah, I can't argue with that. That's, uh, that's, that's airtight logic there. Yeah, um, yeah, airtight. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, again, I felt like Boris again. <laughs> what is it? Yeah. I, um, I, I was all ready to do some uh, yeah. quotes from... Uh, the CPAC speech that Trump yeah, gave. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But then Turning Point USA had a had a kind of rally thing that Trump spoke at, right. which was Even like, more batshit. Yeah, more batshit than the CPAC speech he gave. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. so I had to I had to change my plans. So these are these oh, are okay. from his speech in Arizona at Turning Point USA, yeah. which was right. Phew, boy. Uh, <laughs> So, (laughs) statement number one. In this, he was talking about the Green New Deal. He said, We don't want any more windows. It's going to be real hard to sell apartments, I think. We have a beautiful apartment, and for environmental reasons, we have not put windows in the building. Oh, great. Well, that sounds good. These people are crazy. Whatever happened to cows? Remember they were going to get rid of all the cows? They stopped that. People didn't like it, remember? You know why they were going to get rid of all the cows? People will be next. People will be next. (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck right yeah uh, statement number two okay we got away from windows to people that's yeah. brilliant statement yeah. number two uh this is okay. this is about um he he mentions uh routers a couple of times uh he he calls them routers uh but yeah. i'll say routers uh, but try not to let that put the... you off we know uh, in the UK that routers are those things that you you carve little grooves yeah. of a certain measured depth into a piece of wood. Yeah. Whereas he's talking about the things that connect stuff to the internet, and okay. and this is uh, he's talking about the um, Arizona recount, the Maricopa County. Um, thing. Right. The county has, for whatever reason, also refused to produce the network routers. We want the routers, Sonny, Wendy. We got to get those routers, please. The routers. Come on, Kelly. We can get those routers. Those routers. You know what? We're so beyond the routers. There's so many fraudulent votes without the routers. But if you've got those routers, what that will show... And they don't want to give up the routers. They don't want to give them. They're fighting like hell. Why are these commissioners fighting not to give the routers? (laughs) Oh, dear. I just got a vision of him being strapped down to a gurney and, you know... Whilst he's thrashing around, saying <laughs> saying routers, routers, <laughs> then we get a point of view of you know the lights going, and Ivanka kind of looking at him, going, "Hush now, darling." <laughs> yeah, and uh, and finally, Jeez. this one is about um, Governor Doug Ducey of Arizona, who was supporting the fact that Biden won, and kind of not in favour oh, of the okay. recount. Mm-hmm. And Governor Ducey is going to have a tough time. Nobody's going to want to work for him. And to be honest, I'm not a fan. What do you think? That's what I thought. 
I liked him. I thought he was a good guy, and he wanted my endorsement. I don't think so. Not when you don't support a totally legal and necessary recount, because that's what it is. And you know, the people I endorse, they win. That's what happens. Ducey won't be winning again, I can tell you that. He won't be winning a dog show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not particularly true, because he endorsed people and they lost. Uh So, yeah. Not sure you can use the, the, the... how true it is as a no. as a measure of whether Trump said it. No. No. That's that's, <laughs> that's that's true. It's yeah. There's no facts underlying all of this stuff sufficient to get a grip on it. Okay, I so wanted to say Reuters fifteen times in three sentences, so I'm I'm kind of banking that one for the moment. So it's for me, between Governor Ducey or Windows. Oh, I want him to say Windows. I want the escalation from Windows to, like, Windows, no Windows for environmental reasons. And remember cows? What the fuck? Uh, okay. So, right. Okay. <clears throat> Winning a dog show does sound very Trumpian. Okay, despite that, I think... Number three, number three is the one that you've made up. Okay. Yeah. And uh, of the other two, which are you more convinced by? Well, I don't know about convinced. <laughs> I just desperately want it to be number two. <laughs> I think. Okay. Which was that? That's which the was the fallacy made... we did when it was like wishful thinking and and like because you want yeah. it to be true, you're making that. Yeah, choice. yeah. And of course, it is yeah. fake news, isn't it? Well, no. Uh, it... In this case, mm-hmm. number two mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Real. The county has, for whatever reason, also refused to produce the network routers. We want the routers, Sonny. Wendy, we got to get those routers, please. The routers. Come on, Kelly, we can get those routers. Those routers, you know what? We're so beyond the routers. There's so many fraudulent votes without the routers. But if you got those routers, what that will show. And they don't want to give up the routers. They don't want to give them. They are fighting like hell. Why are these commissioners fighting not to give the routers? <laughs> what? That, there's one point where he just enjoys the sound of the routers. word. <laughs> routers. <laughs> We've got to get those routers, please, those routers. <sighs> so as, Rally and cry. Uh, as a former IT professional, <laughs> can, <Yeah>. can you <laughs> think of, A, any reason why routers would be useful to someone trying to prove fraud? Well, unless, unless, because most of them are, you can get into them and, and query them. Well, you know, my one, I can get in there and uh, prioritise the Wi-Fi signal to one uh, connected device or another, or the wired signal to one, I can make the incoming television signal stronger in one device than the internet for another. Sure. But I don't know that you can measure what's coming in. You could only measure packets being handed over by the network. So the, the fact that traffic would come in, you wouldn't be able to query what you can't traffic check. was. No, it doesn't store data. Also, no. this is from November. <laughs> and, yeah. And, yeah. and whatever data yeah. is in there in terms of yeah packet numbers and stuff like that is overwritten many, yeah. many times. Yeah. So it's it's like querying 
you know, a, a, a kind of faucet junction in a piece of plumbing. Yeah. You know, you kind yeah. you kind of go, well, is the tap turned on or is it? Or is yeah, it off? it's a conduit for data, not a yeah. not a storage device. Also, the routers weren't attached yeah. to anything because in Maricopa County, uh, the ballot counting machines were not connected to the internet at all <laughs> they were air gapped so specifically in order to prevent so specifically people to avoid hacking, anyone hacking them in externally <laughs> yeah yeah it's almost as though the you know the electoral um the kind of rules that they followed were observed yeah designed to, to ensure, avoid fraud <laughs> yeah in order to have a you know a fraud free election yeah yeah, who knew? Mm. Okay, so he's got, next. He's going to ask that that people collect up the wires. Yeah, yeah. Let's look at the wires. Let's why won't they the, give us the, the copper wire? <laughs> why won't they give us? Well, why won't they strip off? You see, some of those many, many of those wires were sleeved with blue plastic. Mm-hmm. You know why? Why did the blue ones outnumber the red ones? Questions should be asked. <laughs> so you also thought number one was real. And number one... Yeah, because it involves windows and cows. (laughs) Is real. We don't want any more windows. It's going to be real hard to sell apartments, I think. We have a beautiful apartment, and for environmental reasons, we have not put windows in the building. Oh, great. Well, that sounds good. These people are crazy. Whatever happened to cows? Remember, they were going to get rid of all the cows. They stopped that. People didn't like that. Remember? You know why they were going to get rid of all the cows. People will be next. People will be next. Because that's the reason they were going to get rid of the cows. It's a kind of, it's a dry run for the people next. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, let's see if we can get rid of the cows and then nobody will notice. And then we can test out the whole extermination procedure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as usual, it's a, it's an impressive amount of bullshit fitted into quite a small yeah, space. Because obviously, <laughs> yes. there, at yes. no point did anyone suggest not having windows or getting rid of cows, and it's certainly cows. not getting rid no. of people. People, <laughs> no. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Mind you, he has been known to kind of go, well, you know, those... Germans in the war, they did have nice smart units. The weird thing is that the the whole point of fighting climate change isn't to save the world. It's to to keep the world habitable by people. That's the point. It's not to save the world world despite people. Yeah. If you've read read Gaia, (laughs) um, what's his name, Steptoe's book about the world world doesn't give a shit about us yeah. what we're it quite into is to, living yeah. on it that that's the bit so if we maintain yeah. the the earth in a habitable fashion then we can continue to live on now it. i that seems to be quite yeah. in harmony with you i do behavior. agree that getting rid of all the people would help with combating climate change but absolutely but it, absolutely but it wouldn't achieve it. the actual goal of People who are in favour of combating climate change. (laughs) Yeah, which is to make the place habitable for For humans. Yeah, Yeah. and not necessarily cows. Why were they getting rid of the... Yeah, they were only doing that... They they weren't getting rid of the cows. cows. They weren't getting rid of cows. At no point, cows weren't mentioned beef. This was the kind of they're coming for your burgers around the 4th of July thing when... Who was it who said... You're going to have to have plant-based beer from now on instead of your usual meat-based yeah, yeah, yeah. beer. That's right. Yeah, 
yes, yes. plant-based beer. We go, okay, what, like the stuff we're drinking now? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I've got, I think, you know, the whole of America that drinks Bush Light will be going, it's got meat in it? Oh, my God, I'm never drinking that again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying it would put me off having meat-based beer. No. I'm not against no. the idea of it. It's just not necessary. Plant-based beer is perfectly good. I'm happy perfectly with good. it. Perfectly good. I think the beers would be quite strong wouldn't they they would, you know they would taste you wouldn't get a light <laughs> they would taste quite well, i guess if you had a rabbit based one that'd be quite light wouldn't it? chicken based that'd be quite they'd be a bit soupy i think is the is the problem we're talking about yeah meat based drinks <laughs> are actually like soup <laughs> yeah that's what soup is <laughs> yeah. yeah again i'm not i'm not against alcoholic soup is what i'm saying that's yeah, 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 yeah. Per se, yeah. no, that's good. Not I'm ruling good, it from out. From now on, I'm not <laughs> ruling it out. No, if someone were to invent that, uh-huh. we, you know, you could t- send it to us and we'd test yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No problem at all. We'd have, we'd have no compunction about doing that. I am going to order meat-based <laughs> drink next time I'm in a restaurant, though, and see what comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Which means that you've won again. You're on a bit oh, of a roll. Hey, I don't know how many this is in a row, but you hell. are up to now 48%. Oh, right. That's practically so halfway. It is. It's, it's almost there. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, just yeah. what an accomplishment, yeah. frankly. What? A, quite yeah. frankly, that's huge. Just look at how good I am at this. I, I deserve to win. So it's time for the part of the show that this week is called Sanctions Are Not a Logical Fallacy because... Oh, my God. <laughs> because Sidney Powell and uh, and all the others who were involved yeah. in trying to overturn the election, especially in this case in Wayne County in, in Michigan, basically Michigan and uh, and the city of Detroit called for sanctions against them due to yeah. them being uh, completely terrible lawyers. Um, yeah. doing like Completely doing all the wrong crazy. things and uh, doing those things badly. Yeah, and and like putting briefs in that were badly misspelled and just had everything wrong with them that that kind of went viral on the internet for how shit they were. And then saying we're perfectly entitled to <laughs> put in shit, yeah. and it's. Because it's in the First Amendment, you know. The, <laughs> yeah. and so I'm, I'm re, you know, reading this stuff, trying to work out what's going on, and you think, what on earth is this convol? No wonder, law, you can get rich being a lawyer in America because you could just, it, it, it's, per, it's normal human beings <laughs> would just go, well, what you've put in as a as a legal submission is just fundamentally nonsense and you and now you're demanding that we listen to the fact that it was nonsense because it was put in in good faith and we couldn't change the stuff because that would be breaking the law no but you could have done what lawyers do and advise your client that actually we can't put that in because what you're putting in it's, it's no it has no 
it it won't stand up in a court of law. <laughs> what you're, you know, that's isn't well, that a job been of a shown lawyer not to, to stand that? up in previous cases <laughs> as well? So this is yeah, this was yeah. the hearing in the Eastern District of Michigan where uh, U.S. District Judge Linda Parker, federal judge, was um, basically required to to question and listen to. All of these idiot the lawyers, all problem. of these terrible, terrible yeah. lawyers and their defences for the the shit show that they yeah. put forward in this particular case. Why And why they should continue to be... Yeah, why they should to, still be lawyers, to... basically. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, there was, it was a huge number of people. This was on Zoom. It was on... I think it was live streamed on Twitter um, and other right. places. It is still available. I will put a link up to the recording. It's about five and three quarter hours the recording yeah but to be honest i have watched the whole thing yeah. it's pretty entertaining <laughs> um the it was yeah. broken down as well for patrons of the opening arguments podcast uh it was broken down in the last patron only right. episode um last week and and they do yeah. a far better job than i will do but yeah but just to kind of give you an overview of the kinds of things that they were saying it was actually a reasonably straightforward case i think because the right. the questions the judge was asking um, and the, the the lawyers involved are people like Sidney Powell, uh, Lynn Wood, a guy called Howard Kleinhendler, Stephanie Lambert-Gentilla, uh, Julia Haller, who was one of the main uh, people who spoke as well, and and a few other people who, who had much less to do with it. And there was a, a lawyer called Donald Campbell who was representing some of the plaintiffs, some of the defendants, rather, some of the, the lawyers, including Lynn Wood. He said at the end when the judge asked him if he was defending Linwood, he said as much as anyone can um <laughs> and um the main thing she was asking them it was when you um put this affidavit in to yep. the case that was asking for the relief of overturning the election and making trump president when you when you right. put this affidavit in did you at any point do any research into whether the affidavit was true or even plausible for right. for all of the, and, yep. and she went yep. through them one by one the, the like she talked about i think about a dozen or more affidavits wow. saying okay yeah. this is what this person said did any of you talk to that person did you ask them yeah. what they saw and and if this was true did you know and and the guy um who was who was kind of prosecuting essentially david fink he was uh, pointing out things like um, some of these affidavits are saying things like uh, ballots were transported to the counting place in in open containers, and he was saying, "Well, in in Michigan, that's how it's done. We don't. They didn't even have closed containers for taking the ballots from ballot boxes to the counting place. So yeah. the fact that someone is swearing under oath that they saw." Um, open containers arriving with ballots. I mean, even if we assume it's true, it doesn't prove anything. Yeah. Um, And for for every affidavit, he was basically saying either there's no evidence this is true, or if even if it's true, it doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's that kind of because what's left hanging in the affidavit is the assumption that you believe where they're coming from. They're touching their nose, the side of tapping the side of their nose, and going, 
uh-huh, and we know what that means. And they're assuming that you're on their side so that you would just wave it through and go, you're right, rather than just going, well, that's how it works in Michigan. That's how it's always worked yeah. in Michigan. So what does it mean? What are you saying that it means? Or what is, what is this person saying that it means? And did you not ask, think to ask them? And they didn't. Uh, That's the that. thing. The answer in every case, basically, was no, we didn't ask. No, didn't do we that. didn't look into it. We didn't and, do any research you whatsoever. you wonder why but, we want to strike, yeah. strike you but off. Their, yeah. their argument, especially Julia Haller, who, was, who, who seemed to be almost crying most of the time, her argument was almost... But she can see... Yeah. Her, um, um, yeah, her, you know, her, her career slipping away, away. yeah. Yes, exactly, yeah. But her argument was that you can't say that what these witnesses claimed in their affidavits wasn't true because we haven't had an evidentiary hearing about it so that we can call these witnesses and you can listen to them and question them and find out what the truth is. But the, but that was completely missing the judge's point that this isn't about whether what's in the affidavits was true or not. It's about whether yep. you as lawyers did the tiniest amount of due diligence yes. to find out yeah. if they might even be true. And and some of the yeah. affidavits that... that whether they, it's worth bringing you yeah. in. Yeah, some of the affidavits they, they brought in were original ones. I think one of the ones was... Uh, from the guy who was it was an anonymous one he was called spider in the in the record um and he was the one who claimed to be a um a kind of military intelligence expert or something like that right, yeah. um and he turned out he like had once trained for a few weeks with a with an in, military intelligence um yeah. group and then dropped out um <laughs> And that's a bit like the guy in um, there's a character in the goon show, the the kind of radio show where he said, I went to Eton, you know, said, oh, yeah, how long are you there? About five minutes <laughs> delivering the groceries. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. some some were original affidavits like that, but a lot of them were affidavits that had already been entered in other cases, like oh, like Melissa Carone's and, and one, dismissed. the one, uh, right. the woman who was who seemed drunk. She was the one at yeah, yeah, the... Yeah, wheeled out by... Uh, by Giuliani. Uh, Giuliani. Yeah, at the yeah. hearing where yeah. he audibly farted while she was talking. Yeah. And, um, and, and she, was, she was the one who was challenging the, the kind of the Republican people she was talking to and saying, ah, oh, have you done something crazy with the vote? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so her affidavit, which, which was yeah. entered in previous cases and dismissed by judges as being not credible. Yeah. Despite that having happened they were introducing this affidavit, that same affidavit in this case, um, to support their theory of what had happened, of the of fraud. Um, and as, as David Fink was saying, and as the judge asked a couple of times, don't you think that it already having been dismissed as, un, as not credible meant yeah. you should have looked at it again before just putting it yeah. in? Um, yeah. But... but in in several of the cases their argument was well it's it's you know it's in it's a matter of legal record because it's been in another case so therefore we can just essentially introduce it and it's fine and well, you should just believe it because it's you know lo other lawyers been, looked yeah, at it that's right they were fine with it <laughs> so <laughs> yeah yeah well he's in the jail sir yeah. yes well, he's a criminal <laughs> yeah because well, you arrested him Constable Savage, yeah, is that well? It's 
it's valid evidence. <laughs> evident. It's, you know, it's, it's got evidence. To, to, no, that's because it was submitted and then dismissed. Yeah. You've missed out the second bit. You go, well, it was in one legal case. <laughs> we're going to put it in another legal case. And, and we're appealing to the authority, the fact that it was in another legal case for you to just go, oh, look, they've, they've added extra weight to their case. Yeah, but, and that's absolutely what they were there for, the sheer volume yeah, of, yeah. of affidavits. They had 960 pages of affidavits in their, wow. in their argument. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and they were using that to say the sheer number of them is, is our yeah. due diligence. Look how hard we worked gathering not just All one bullshit affidavit, but <laughs> loads of them. <laughs> yeah, and that was yeah. that was pretty much exactly what both Sidney Powell and Howard Kleinhander no! said. Was was you know we what you have to do is yes you can look at any individual one of these affidavits and say well this is clearly bullshit but look how many we've got. Many there are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah. <laughs> because and surely that must sway you in our favour because there's. Not just one bullshit. There's loads yeah. of bullshit. Yeah, Howard Kleinhandler was was yeah. arguing that yeah. um, we didn't. The, one of the reasons we didn't look into any, you know, we didn't question these people, we didn't look into them, yeah. was because based on all of the other evidence we had, i.e., the other bullshit affidavits, this yeah. didn't seem <laughs> yeah. surprising to us. It didn't seem unusual. So it, well, right. you know, it squared this with all one of the other stuff. Quite so bad. Yeah. It, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there was no reason to question why this person claimed that you know vehicles were arriving with out of state license plates and yeah. dumping suitcases which might possibly have been filled with ballots probably were yeah. um because that sounds about right compared to all of the other crap we we listened to yeah well, the, well, the other one i i liked was uh they arrived with ballots in a car and the number of ballots outnumbered the people in the car yeah. as as though that means that that was therefore there was ballot stuffing. Well, you kind of go, well, no, it only takes one person to carry a box full of thousands. Well, that's the thing. The judge said in response to that affidavit, she said to the the defendants, um, she said, in Michigan, um, are people allowed to deliver ballots for other people? And Donald Campbell went, yes, they are. And that was like, OK, well, that's the end of that one then. <laughs> that's it. Case dismissed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, the fact that and the fact that they're in no wonder they need to be fucking dismissed from the bar, <clears throat> disbarred. It's because if she's taken the time, six hours, as it's that's all to go through each and every one. So all of these lawyers are on the thing. They're all getting paid by the hour for six hours work. God, I hope they're not. And <laughs> no, they're she's not. just no. gone, <laughs> held up Campbell's. one and gone, all right, held up one and gone, right, what's this, what's this bollocks? <laughs> did anybody did anybody look into this thing? That would, let's, let's just ask the person that knows one question. <laughs> it, are, are some people uh, able to carry, deliver votes from other people? Yes. Right, well, that was out. <laughs> and you just go through yeah, it. You think, that's all you needed to do for all of them, pretty that's much. That's all you needed to do for all of them. How long did that take? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the reason <laughs> she could have done that in 90 seconds, pretty much, couldn't yeah. she? Or 900 And Judge seconds. Parker was not taking any shit. She was not. She knew <laughs> this case inside yeah. out. Yeah. And, and she was... She was ready with her questions. And one of the yeah. ones she questioned was an affidavit from a guy who claimed that they had seen some people at a post office pull up in a car and hand mm -hmm. 
I think it was two or three clear plastic bags to a postal worker who was waiting in a van outside the post office. Right. And maybe they had ballots in them. Who knows? Um, <laughs> you, no, they didn't see. The yeah, they, that, uh, they didn't see the ballots. What? They were. They you know they no. they it was a there was another bag inside the bags they said that it was like suspicious that maybe the postal worker had been told to wait there for them and and then they took the bags and went and that's that they had no clue where they were coming from or going to or what was in the bags and that was the yeah. extent of the affidavit and and she was she basically said you know how could any of you as officers of the court present this type yeah. of an affidavit yeah. Doesn't council have an obligation to evaluate this and say what exactly is this going to prove? And and the yeah. lawyer's answers yeah. were, um, well, this you know this kind of conforms to our argument of what happened. This is evidence that if you look at it in basically if you look at it while already assuming that there was massive fraud, yeah. this is yeah, something yeah, yeah. you can claim might have been it. part of it. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. Yeah. 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 And and again, even at this, Julia Haller was saying, "Well, we should we should we should question this witness. We should have this, you know, we should yeah. have a hearing where we can hear, hear what this witness has to say." And the judge was like, "Well, we know what they have to say. They saw a person mailing some stuff." <laughs> yeah, at the post office <laughs> on the day of the election. <sighs> yeah, it was yeah. amazing, and and you just, and you, just well, you know the reason they should be dismissed on mass is because they are obviously completely partisan and that is not what the law is supposed to I do mean, isn't it you to know, be fair supposed to be I'm gonna, holding I'm the argue scales of justice in their blindfold on that point is that's <laughs> okay. not the reason they should be disbarred the reason they should be disbarred oh, okay. is because they're such fucking awful lawyers <laughs> But yeah, but there's a reason for that. Uh, it's because think, they're outright um, <laughs> partisan people. So they don't, then they've not applied normal legal due diligence. No, they haven't. They haven't either, done the basic. Basically, they, they have. Oh, it's a requirement of a lawyer to not present yeah. evidence in court that you know to be false, um, yeah. and also implied in there is is that you will have thought about whether it might be false at some point <laughs> be false or not. yeah yeah um but yeah stephanie lambert gentilla was the one who you mentioned earlier on who who submitted a filing saying that basically it's free speech lawyers can say whatever the fuck they want in a in a um a thing that they file with the court or in court yeah. because because yeah. of free speech because of the first amendment so you know, there's nothing. You cannot sanction a lawyer for whatever insane yeah. bullshit they say. Um, and she said in in her filing, she said plaintiffs' attorneys' speech and their right to petition the government for redress of grievances is a First Amendment right protected by a line of U.S. Supreme Court court cases too numerous to mention. And any attempt to string cite them here would be insulting to all involved. Which is a great. It's <laughs> it's like it's like when you're writing a kind of book report. And saying, yeah. I mean, the the underlying subtext behind this book is so obvious, I won't even bother to write it because it would just be insulting to the English Stop department. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. to yeah. to even to suggest yeah. that you might not have noticed some of the things I noticed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and actually, all and the the you know the the way to dismiss that is to say, 
well, I'm I'm not insulted in the least. Which is exactly what Judge Parker yeah. did. <laughs> she said, no, really, I won't be insulted. In fact, I will request a supplemental brief from you. Um, yeah. and, and, I, and I want at least three examples of yeah. cases from the US which Supreme is, Court. Which is brilliant. That's exactly the response that if you haven't submitted your book review, you would get from your English chicken who would just say, no, no, it's fine. I'm not insulted in the least. I want you to write out a hundred times. Yeah. I, I will not insult my English tutor. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Oh, brilliant. So basically these people are going down. <laughs> there is, there is, I mean, there was no doubt whatsoever. Yeah. She was very clear. And, and they had no argument against what she was saying, although they were arguing against straw men completely. Um, they right. they were claiming that they should have the right for the witnesses to be questioned, which wasn't the point at all. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter if all the affidavits were true. The point was that they had no clue whether they were true and yeah. hadn't, hadn't sought the expertise yeah. of anyone who might be able to tell them anything. Or even yeah. in almost all cases, the witnesses themselves. They hadn't even talked to the witnesses in, in like... They just almost like all the affidavits. Yeah, they had literally. Wow. Ju- it was quantity over quality in every case. And you kind yeah. of think, well, actually, okay. So what's the what's the hidden agenda here? They didn't kind of do that thing about, well, what does this prove? What might this prove? Yeah, they didn't even do that. So they just said, well, you know, are they getting? Who are they getting paid by? Well, that's Judge you know, Parker suggested that the hidden agenda might have been a PR exercise. Right. She said that, in her opinion, some of these affidavits had only been included because the the story they were trying to tell to the american people was that the election was rigged right and these were just things yep. they could point to and say see here's yeah. this if it was rigged this makes sense without yeah, questioning yeah. whether that thing was <laughs> ever made... even true yeah yeah and of course you know far far be it from them to point out the whole 900 <laughs> affidavits being submitted that should all of them be untrue, then the conspiracy theory is completely groundless, as all conspiracy theories are. But, you know, that there is nothing... So they could, as lawyers, and uh, you know, the appeal to authority would come to bear and they go, look, it, it's in our expert opinion, there is no evidence <laughs> to support this claim that the election was rigged. Yeah. That will be somewhat dangerous to the... To the narrative, to the to the PR exercise. So, yeah, that's why they should get struck off. And the, yeah. and the um the follow up to this, because um, they were given two weeks to come back with with supplementary right. briefs and other information. Linwood was yep. given two weeks to explain why he shouldn't be involved in this case at all because he didn't even do anything, uh, even yep. though his name was on all the filings. Um, uh, yep. And yeah, they were given two weeks to to come up with with. You know other things that might factor into the court's decision. Um, I believe there's another hearing that will. I don't know if it's going to be live streamed or if it um, oh, is. is. But uh, but it's um, like any day, literally, probably the day this this comes out. Uh, yeah, it'll that that'll be coming out too. So we will have a an answer on this. I think pretty soon. I don't think she's going to take very long to make her decision. And no. and I. And Sydney Powell will no longer be a lawyer. She will be a Fox News pundit, no doubt. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and some yeah. of the less well-known ones won't have a job anymore. <laughs> and finally, 
some things we really don't have time to talk about. In the continuing adventures of the right-wing British news channel GB News, Welsh presenter Guto Harry was suspended for not being racist enough. After three black British footballers missed penalties in a game and were subjected to torrents of racist abuse online, Harry said that it turned out people were a bit more racist than he thought. And that's not great. He might have gotten away with that, maybe, but then he decided to take a knee live on air, making very clear it was just a gesture against racism and in no way supporting Black Lives Matter, lest anyone think he was actually, you know, all the way good. GB News's last remaining viewers were both very upset at Harry's display of wokeness, and the bastions of free speech that run the channel released a self-contradictory statement saying they have no company line on taking the knee, but that what Harry did on air was an unacceptable breach of standards. Harry resigned following his suspension, and all the gammon-faced viewers can relax, safe in the knowledge they won't see anyone else condemning racist abuse. If a channel implodes and nobody's watching, does it make a sound? That might be a harder question in the case of GB News, because all the technical issues they had back in the glory days of six weeks ago meant they frequently didn't make a sound even when they had viewers. Another one of those out-of-the-mainstream work, now the Tories have engulfed their followers, far-right British commentators Katie Hopkins, who at some point doubtless said she'd leave these shores if the immigrant crisis didn't let up, left these shores to go and participate in Big Brother Australia, all things. Well, she'd been a star on The Apprentice whilst doing her probationary period with the Met Office, of all things. Spoiler alert, she finished neither job. Anyway, happily thinking she's the champion of the populist zeitgeist, she declared lockdowns as the greatest hoax in human history and not yet even out of quarantining in a hotel in Australia prior to going to the actual show, posted a video online of her saying she was looking forward to opening the door, maskless and apparently clothesless, <laughs> to the people bringing her her food. Australia, with just 918 deaths in a country, well, the size of Australia, takes quarantining very seriously and viewed this as a willful endangering of key workers' lives, which, of course, it is. So the government fined her, rescinded her work visa, voted her out of the Big Brother house and the entire country. Further evidence that the right don't do humour, she later posted, it was a joke. And who's laughing now? Well, the whole fucking planet. You failed conspiracy peddling non-entity. I'll leave you with an insightful statement on her reason for successfully joining Utterly Pointless Now the Tory Party have engulfed etc etc political party UKIP in January 2021 after six years of being rejected. People always ask me, when am I going to do something smarter than just gob off on social media? Yep, still waiting. See, now... Um, Katie Hopkins being deported would be an excellent new verse for for Alanis Morissette's ironic song. That it is would. that it is would. truly brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And finally getting accepted into UKIP now that is pointless <laughs> after six years being rejected <laughs> from UKIP. If you're getting rejected from UKIP, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trump supporters have learned a lot from the Trump family that you can just call any fact you don't like fake, that you can still yell snowflake at people even as you melt away into a small puddle of your own inadequacy, <laughs> and, in the case of January 6th insurrectionist Douglas Austin Jensen, that you can get away with crimes if you're just too fucking stupid to know what crime you're actually committing. Jensen, wearing a QAnon t-shirt, is prominently featured in much of the footage inside the Capitol on January 6th, including a sequence where he led the mob chasing Capitol Police Officer Eugene Goodman up the stairs towards the Senate chamber. However... Videos from Jensen's phone show him before breaching the building with his hand on the outer wall of the US Capitol saying, this is me touching the fucking White House and I am at the White House just so you know. 
Based in part on the revelation that Jensen is stupid even for a QAnon-believing Trump supporter, Judge Timothy Kelly released him from jail and ordered house arrest pending his trial because he didn't believe Jensen planned the attack, quote, when he had no basic understanding of where he even was that day. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Mm. Back in the 60s, in the heyday of free love hippie era... An avant-garde electronics artist slash utter charlatan and chancer called Magic Alex surfed the zeitgeist by convincing John Lennon he could make 72-track tape recorders and speakers that use light to transmit sound and all sorts of similar tech bollocks that the not very business-minded and very drugged up to the eyeballs Beatles simply loved. He cleverly kept delaying the release of anything and kept all the advance money. If we are doomed to repeat history until we learn, then enter the Freedom Phone a conservative phone made for conservatives by a conservative company, also conservatively called Freedom Phone. (laughs) The ads trumpet a $500 high-end phone that promises a support infrastructure that won't ban anything ever. So we'll give voice to those parlour and gab apps that the cancel culture of Apple and Android have so blatantly taken from you. However, in an echo of the capitalist online raffle that is Wish.com, all is not what it seems. The phone appears to be a $120 clone manufactured patriotically by Chinese company Umidigi running Freedom OS, which is basically Lineage OS, which is an open source Android code. The We Don't Ban Apps period store called excruciatingly Patri App is just a front end using the Google Play Store API, which means it's the Google Play Store, you know, the hated provider that banned Gab and Parler. I'm still interested, though. How do I pay for this thing? Well, if you blinked, you'd have missed a day or two when Apple Pay, Google Pay, Venmo, PayPal, Discover, Amazon Pay all disappeared, leaving only Shopify and WooCommerce last Monday. AskTechnica.com reported that they guessed some multiple discount codes that WooCommerce happily accepted, you know, the usual Trump 2024, MAGA, etc., managed to discount it to, yep, $0 plus $20 shipping. Not bad for a new $120 Android-compatible phone, if ever it arrives, of course. Still, at least them Trump voters will have somewhere to voice their united chance of we ain't going to get fooled again. OK, this is going to shock you, but one of Trump's closest advisers has been arrested for illegally lobbying as an unregistered agent of a foreign government, as well as obstruction of justice and lying to the FBI. Oh, I'm shocked. Hold on a minute. I'm just going to save that last bit of audio in a file so I can use it when this inevitably happens again. After all, I could have used it word for word at least five times so far. What the fuck was anyone in the Trump administration actually lobbying for America? Anyway, this time it's Tom Barrack, chairman of Trump's inaugural committee, which incidentally is currently being sued for funneling over a million dollars into Trump's private businesses. Barrack used his position as Trump advisor to advocate on behalf of the United Arab Emirates, including sending a draft of a Trump speech on energy to UAE officials and inserting pro-UAE phrases in the speech, and repeatedly influencing foreign policy decisions in favour of the UAE. Billionaire Barrack has been released on $250 million bail, which is the third largest bail amount in US history. I've said it before, but if Trump really wanted Hillary locked up, he should have just given her a job in his administration. There you go. <laughs> Brilliant. 
I remember back in the heady days after Trump lost the election was still in office and he invited his followers, the believers, future insurrectionists, if you will, to donate to the cause to overturn this fraudulent result. You do? Good, because Politico published a damning report exposing that contributors' money wasn't going towards pointless recounts, silly audits and hapless lawsuits. Rather, most of the funds went to the Save America PAC, derided by campaign finance experts as essentially a type of slush fund, with few restrictions on how the money they raise can be spent. Shit, yeah, we remember that. Oh, oh, what a crook. We love him, sticking it to the man. Yeah, we ain't falling for that again. No sorry, Bob. But, uh, yeah, of course they are, and of course he is doing it again. Save America isn't just raising money through its political action committee. On the face of it, it's also a vessel through which the Republican Party is rescuing the United States, claiming that Trump is actually working to protect their vote in ads that declare, we need you to join the fight to secure our elections. Of course, none of it is doing any of that. The $75 million raised in 2021 thus far is not going into more pointless audits and other election-securing America-saving court cases. Of course not. It's going towards Trump's travel, legal and sundry other expenses or sitting in the bank, gathering interest to save for future travel, legal and sundry other expenses. He's shamelessly lived off all you taxpaying patriots for years, even when in the White House and now that he's out of power. Of course, the moment that Trump stops lying about his defeat is the moment this lucrative cash cow disappears. Many have long assumed his election lies are all about his ego, which is only slightly smaller than his wallet. He is the world's most expensive after-dinner speaker. He no longer has to pretend to run the country as a driver for talking nonsense. He can just dribble out any old shite from his mouth, and you all will pay to lap it up. Well... CPAC happened again, and if you're thinking it can't be a year already, don't worry. For reasons I still can't quite figure out, they did a bit of CPAC 2021 in Florida in February and then finished it off this month in Dallas. The theme was still America uncancelled, and yet again they cancelled someone before it even started, banning white supremacist Nick Fuentes from attending. The Proud Boys and Oath Keepers were still there, of course, among the tightly packed, unvaccinated QAnon shirt-wearing crowd. Kimberly Guilfoyle showed once again that her volume switch starts at 11 and goes up from there. And Don Jr. tried some jokes at Texas's expense, which could not have gone worse. Madison Cawthorn claimed that Biden's door-to-door vaccination plan would lead to your Bibles and guns being confiscated. Lauren Boeber railed against the welfare she has previously said she benefited from. And a 9-11 truther handed out cards printed with a seven-point plan to get Trump reinstated as president within a couple of days. Notably, all seven points are batshit and rely entirely on the Republicans having control of the House, which they don't. They held a straw poll to find out who attendees wanted to run for president in 2024, and before the results were revealed, Trump told the crowd exactly how he fools them, saying, If it's bad, I just say it's fake. If it's good, I say, that's the most accurate poll perhaps ever. The slow-witted cultists laughed and overwhelmingly voted for him as their leader. You know that guy that does metal versions of people ranting, there's going to be another Kimberly Gilfoyle <laughs> does metal again. Oh, I love she's it. so loud. It's just, it's, I think she's probably deaf. That's probably what it is. She's deafened herself. It's and possible. now she has, she's hard of hearing. So she thinks that nobody can hear. Her I mean, that must back. be the reason Don Jr. Does so much cocaine. Cause how else yeah. could you possibly cope with that? in the same room yeah it just speeds up the whole experience so it's over quicker for him that's yeah that's <laughs> on july 16th the uk had freedom day 
an irreversible decision by incoming Health Secretary Sajid Javid, despite being at the height of our fourth wave, the third if you play the government's game of combining December and January's separate waves. The language, of course, maintains Johnson's continuing story that he is the saviour, the bringer of freedom. Look what he's accomplished that Labour hasn't, and thus continues to foment polarisation, if not an entirely new health-based branch of his culture war. Inevitably, Sajid Javid had Covid. And as a result of the pandemic, a gaslighty renaming of the pandemic, Johnson was told by the Test and Trace app that he really did have to self-isolate after you turning three hours of pretending that he didn't. Because he, Sunak and Gove, all in the room with Javid, were, surprise, surprise, selected for a secret random pilot programme, meaning tests and not isolation, which, no surprise at all, didn't fucking exist. Irreversible de-restrictions were reversed. Masks remained on public transport. Unpopular Covid passports will be introduced for large events, as was quarantined for travellers returning from France. The current wave, which, let's face it, includes the numbers from the 80,000 crowd at the Euro Super Spreader Soccer Finals, seems to be waning, but the numbers aren't yet in from the effects of Freedom Day itself. Never mind Bitcoin, I'm buying shares in lockdown four. Hey-ho, only three more years till the general election and possible actual freedom from the real problem, the government. But what is the solution? In the week when Boris is so unpopular, his rating is almost as low as Starmer's. So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this week. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we've used the fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump, just like our newest patron, Julia Mundy. Our straw man level patrons, Max Beaver, Kaz Tui, Steve Bickle, Schmutz, Mark Reiki and Amber R. Buchanan. And our top true Scotsman level patron Lauren thank you so much everyone we really do appreciate your support you can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fallacious trump all music is by the outbursts and produced with permission so until next time on fallacious trump we'll leave the last word to the dot that's right go home to mommy bye bye